0: Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scenes learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, Inspiration and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the wait list, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, we're here with Chelsea Hodge of Blender Bites, your new favorite way that you're going to enjoy having smoothies in the morning, having fraps in the morning. It's going to change how you are enjoying your smoothies any time of day. So Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Chelsea, could you open it up and just share with everyone what are Blender Bites?
1: Sure. Yeah. So Blender Bites are a smoothie solution, I call it. It's a one-step frozen puck. Uh, it contains your organic fruits and greens and whole food vitamins, everything that you would want to add into a smoothie, functional ingredients like probiotics, lion's mane mushroom, collagen. So um, each flavor has a unique uh, functional ingredient in it. And you just add the frozen puck to milk or water or juice or any kind of liquid that you prefer, and you can blend it um, or shake it. And it's a instant 30-second smoothie.
0: This gets rid of the biggest problem for so many people who love smoothies, but they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to buy all the things. I don't want to have to chop everything up. Stopping,
1: total. And the waste, like how many times I would come home, I'd go away for the weekend and all the spinach I bought was bad or different fruits had turned bad. So I think it's just a great way also to save on on waste, which we all love doing. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Great solution. Uh, Absolutely. And how did you come about with this? Was it simply, hey, I'm making smoothies all the time. And you yeah. so much that goes into it. Or how did you land on this?
1: Yeah, I was actually working for a company called Vega at the time, which is another big Canadian success story. I was using their protein powder, vegan protein powder, making smoothies probably two, three times a day. And I don't really cook much. So it was just like my go-to meal. And I was like, there's just got to be a better way. I was adding all my different ingredients. I had a small freezer in my apartment and my whole freezer was filled with like different fruit, frozen fruits and things. So both I just thought it was going to be a better way. So I just started making my own smoothies. And then I had a red silicon muffin tin and I poured the ingredients into that and then threw it in my freezer. And the next morning I popped out this little frozen puck and I was like, wait a minute, it was light bulb moments, right? And I was like, that just saved me tons of time, tons of waste, tons of prep, tons of mess. My kitchen wasn't a disaster after. So I actually took the idea back to the founder of Vega, Charles Chang. And he's like, you know, Chelsea, it's not a matter of whether you should do it. It's who's going to do it first. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, pioneering a brand new category, the easy smoothie category, we call it now. And it's Canadian retailers. You'll see a whole section now amongst the frozen fruits. You'll see these easy smoothie products. So pretty exciting to develop and pioneer a new category and create a a product that saves time for millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. I love the concept. It makes so much
0: sense. Definitely a time saver for everyone. Yeah. And now talk to me about this. You're working at Vega. You had this idea. Were you tinkering with it in your kitchen as you're working there full time? Did you try to pitch it to them in terms of, hey, do you guys want to do something like this? What did that process look like?
1: Yes. You know, I started developing it in my kitchen, looking at different things, and it takes a long time. It took me a couple of years to really actually get it up and running because you have to develop the recipes, packaging. Where am I going to make it? I can't make it out of my kitchen. So finding a small little manufacturing plant that would actually allow me to use space on such a small scale to start. The first seed capital, how am I going to actually buy all these materials and things? So it took a couple of years, but at that point I was actually working for a different company and I was pretty honest with them. And I said, look, like I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was like a non-negotiable for me since I was a little girl. This is my time to shine. I'm doing this. And they were so supportive of me working full time and then also building my company on the side. And I, you just you have to bootleg for the first few years. There's no... Option around it. I didn't pay myself for the first few years as well. Yeah. So I just got to work and my mom and my two aunts would come in every weekend. We found a little popsicle shop in North Vancouver that we rented out and that same red Silicon muffin tin. I went out and bought like 3,000 of them and we were hand filling them every weekend, stopping at Whole Foods in the morning to buy like cases of bananas and hand mashing the bananas. And oh, it was just crazy when I look back at it. So every weekend we were in there making product and selling to Whole Foods and Choices and some of the Sabon foods, some of the bigger retailers in Western Canada from this little popsicle shop. So we did that for the first year and a half, two years, started to get momentum amongst the retailers, more the nationals, like the Sobeys, Loblaws. So at that point, we found a, a manufacturing facility in Ontario that had major capacity. They're still manufacturing for us today. So moved everything over to Ontario and then, yeah, let started to rock and roll from there. So. I
0: love that story. You just enrolled yeah. people right from the beginning, like this i'm yeah. on with something i feel like it is one of those no-brainer ideas once you tell people oh, totally. you're like hey i'm doing this
1: they're like, everybody is like how has no one done this yet like it's one of those like totally. simple ideas that you're just it's almost it's so simple that people just don't even think of it so i was just like hey i mean it works so yeah yeah it's pretty incredible and we still you know we don't use the muffin tins anymore of course we have molds and stuff but it's still the same shape i wanted to tra- stay true to the actual product so it's still the same shape and the concept's the same we've just gone through and up Changed the formulations to like really perfect them over the last few years. I wanted the product to be able to be used just with water. I don't want to have to add juice to make it taste good. Like with frozen fruit, there's not a lot of pop of sweetness with frozen fruit. So a lot of people have to add juice or something else and that adds sugar. And I didn't want to have to do that. We use organic date to sweeten or, or organic apple to add that level of sweetness and then allowing customers to just add water. So yeah, no, it's great.
0: Okay. And moving from Vancouver production, you guys filling your muffin tins. And then which the I love material, that, that, like full scale production here. Yeah. What was that process like? And I know you guys are in the U.S. right now as well. It's in Canada yeah. and the no. U.S. So yeah. what does that expansion looked like for you in terms of a logistical perspective? And then just yeah. even a, a, a management of resources and time and energy and not being necessarily where the facilities are right away.
1: Yeah. What did that look Definitely like? Definitely murder, especially the first few time, first few few production runs. We had to do a lot of training and i actually brought my mom back over with me to help train the staff and get them up and running. And we're just so lucky we found a partner that was like really, they're a pretty high level co-man. So they're able to streamline the process and really take my process and just make it better. But it's definitely a lot harder logistically. Vancouver to Toronto and it's not a cheap flight. We actually finally just hired somebody that's based in Toronto that's uh, on the operation side so they can be at the plant every week if needed. So just really having that hands-on experience there is, is really important, especially with quality quality issues and different things. You want feet on the street, right? But it was tough. Before that, Coman, we had actually found a, another one in Ontario, or in BC here. It was a more of a blueberry manufacturer that took on the project and we were about two months away from launching National and some of the biggest retailers. And they called me on a Friday at five o'clock and said, you know what, Chelsea, we've changed your mind. We can't do it for you. So I had two months to find this other Ontario co-man. And at the time I wasn't even looking outside of BC. So it was just one of those moments where you're just like, maybe this is a sign I shouldn't do this anymore. And it's not meant to be, or it's a sign that, okay, you know what, it's just, let's just find a solution. And that actually, that, that whole thing that happened was a pivotal turning point for the company because then I found that the Ontario group That has been with me now for five years and grown with me and still supporting me. So it was actually the best thing that ever happened to us. But, you know, you almost look at it like it's, wow, is it a sign that I should quit this? But no, it's never a sign you should quit. Keep going. But you just got to you got to pivot sometimes, right? Oh, my
0: gosh. That must have been not a great phone call. Oh,
1: yeah. Not fun, no. but it's you got to roll the punches of non-entrepreneurs. It's just things happen. But I think it's also just reframing how you look at things. OK, wasn't meant to be. There's something else that's better out there for me. And we happened to found it. Yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah, that could have been a real blessing in this. It yeah. was a real blessing in the guy. Yeah, it seems absolutely. like there was a really great partner right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we are. So good.
0: Yeah. And then talk to me about what it's been like expanding cross border, especially yeah. a frozen product. Do you have production mm-hmm. facility down south? What is that yeah. like?
1: Yeah. We we're pretty lucky. Most retailers were like, okay, let's start small. Let's pick one geographical region, one state. Let's focus on a smaller chain. We did the opposite. We were like, let's just launch the Walmart US. That's a good idea. 42 states right off the bat, 1,665 stores. Why not we'll go home, go bigger, go home do it over here? But it's been awesome. So we're the plant right now is in Dunville. So it's actually quite close to the border. When it's central, it's able to, we're able to ship west and east quite equally. So it hasn't been too big of an issue. Frozen freight, is the cost is just the biggest issue for us. Obviously, it's so much more expensive to ship frozen, but you just got to factor all that into your unit metrics. You got to take account for your freight costs when you're costing things out. So we've covered our bases with that. The U.S. US was always the ultimate goal for us. I think Canada was great as like a, a classroom. We learned our lessons. We... Change the packaging. We got great branding now. We worked out all the kicks in Canada, and now we're ready for our big U.S. expansion. So Walmart, we actually just launched Bigway Albertsons as well. So 1,900 stores nationally with them too. So we went from basically a thousand stores to five thousand stores in a year and a half, which is pretty significant.
0: Yeah, that's a big leap. Yeah. How have the operations had to change? The marketing had to change? How have you had to change as a leader with that jump in such a short period of time?
1: Yeah, I think it's like I was saying to somebody the other day, I'm just like, wow, we just spent four or five years building up this market, finally getting traction. And now here we are. And it feels like day one again because nobody in the U.S. knows our products. So it's just like now it's reinvesting and educating the market letting people know that this product actually exists, right? No one even knows that this is sitting in the frozen section. So it feels like it's day one again in some respects because we're now building out a completely new market. But because of that, we knew that we had to get our messaging out in a big way. So we just partnered with Julianne Huff. She's hosting Dancing with the Stars right now. So she's like our celebrity face for the brand. So we've been doing a ton of content with her, which has been great, helping to get our story out there. So really getting creative on the marketing side, especially when you have a tight budget. It's, it's very lean times right now for CPG companies. So how can we do things to get the message out in a big way without having to spend a ton of money? So it's been great working with her. But yeah, in terms of operations, being in the US, we're looking at setting up a a plant in the US right now as well. So just trying to cut back on costs. So if we can ship from Colorado to our stores in California and Oregon, obviously, it's gonna be a lot cheaper than coming from Ontario, right? So just trying to focus on ways to streamline operations at this point.
0: And for you, where do you feel like your strong suit is? There's a lot of operations in a frozen business. Is that yeah, where yeah. you feel like you excel but in the sales and marketing side? Like as a founder, yeah. what, what's your real magic?
1: Definitely, I think the sales and marketing side. No one can tell your story better than, than you. I birthed this thing from day one. So I think getting in and talking to retailers and explaining why we're different. I think that's the biggest thing for people to remember. If you're going to launch a product, Really understand what makes you different because there's just so many products. There's so much choice nowadays for customers, right? So really understanding why you're different and why people should choose you versus your competitors. So really understanding that. I think I have a good grasp on that when I talk to retailers. We have a lot of differentiating points like no inner plastic. Obviously, retailers nowadays are really focused on sustainability. So pointing out that, the added vitamins that we add, the nutrition profiles, the taste profiles. We won big awards in Canada for our taste, so just really understanding why you're different and communicating that. And then I love marketing; That's my background, business degree in marketing, so really helping to create different digital ads and Instagram posts and being part of the being part of the story on our marketing platforms as well has been super fun for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. got it.
0: That's great. And then, what does the team look like now? Is, is yeah, we've it got a um, team. What does it look like?
1: No, it's pretty small. I'd say there's about six of us right now. Got so. That. Yeah, and I've got a couple of full-time employees and then full-time consultants as well. So we're a bit of a mix of employees and consultants, but so we've got a great, a lot of great partners. We've got a fantastic PR team in New York called Jones Works. We've got a team that helps us on our social side and digital ad side. So having the right teams as well, I think is really important for, for ensuring your success when you have a small team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That,
1: they can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Given where you are at today in the business, what are some of the big challenges that that you're faced with right now as you're you know, entering this new stage of growth in the business?
1: I'd say the biggest challenge for all of us right now is focusing, focusing on profitability. Any of the big lenders, the banks, any kind of funds looking at you right now to invest are all looking at profitability. A couple of years ago, it was more about distribution where like, how many doors are you in? Now it's really about, okay... How are you selling in those doors? So your velocities are super important, right? Profitability is super important. What are you doing to actually create a sustainable business versus just let's just throw them tens of millions of dollars into marketing and see what happens. So times have really changed. So I think there's a lot of, I saw a stat the other day, it's just like on on the the smaller CPG companies that are failing and it's just, it's huge. Like they just can't get capital. So finding money right now is a huge challenge. And I think people underestimate how much money you actually need to start a food brand. They think they can start on 10, 20 grand, but it's, no, it's in the millions. It takes a lot of money to build a food brand, especially in the U.S. It's just the population size is so huge. And then, yeah, like working on that profitability. But when your costs are through the roof, they've come down a little bit post-pandemic, but it's still not back to where it it was, especially on the freight side. Gas prices are still really high. When your costs go up, like, how do I still make money, but not have to reflect that back to the customer because if you're raising your prices you're probably going to lose a lot of a lot of sales so it's a fine balance right now between supporting the company with capital and creating a sustainable company on your own yeah
0: and you started the business bootstrapping where are you at yeah. now do you have investors in the business are you guys looking for investors what, where are you at right there
1: yeah, we actually went public. So we we went public in September 2021 on the Canadian Securities Exchange. So and I did that. So it was definitely a move that we made. We were really young. Uh, it was early for us to go public. But we did it because we found a great family office of investors that were looking to add a plant-based deal to their portfolio. And at that time, we were not doing more than a million dollars in sales. So all of the food funds, the CPG food funds were saying, come back to me when you're profitable and you're doing five to 10 million in sales. How realistic is that for the early days, right? There's a real gap, especially in Canada, was funding for early stage food companies. So for me, I was like, okay, we need to survive being able to go public. And it's actually my background as well and and my first two investors' background. So it was it made sense for us at the time. But yeah, so we have a group of investors that have been been supporting us ever since.
0: And what was that whole process like? We hear of a lot of people getting investment dollars. Yeah. Actually, you don't hear a lot of food brands like going public like that. What, yeah. what, what was that process yeah. like and how has that
1: helped yeah. us? It was stressful, of course. There's, it's actually like running two businesses. So now I'm running the operation side and running Blender Bites, but then I'm running the public company as well. So we have a full team supporting us on that side, which is great. I couldn't do it all my way. Um, you know, there's a lot of, obviously, legalities and paperwork that needs to be done. And then also telling your story on that side. So now you're, you're trying to market the product. But now we're trying to market the company on the exchange as well and trying to get shareholders to invest and in making sure that we have liquidity on, on the, for the share price. So it's very much a balance of running two companies, which is, yeah, stressful. But at the same time, I really enjoy it. And I think, like I said, it was my background. So I'm very comfortable. I would recommend it for everybody. But I think because I had been in and out of capital markets for 15 years, it was a comfort zone for me. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You have a lot of these really great uh, past lives that have come to help you in this life. Yeah. Sometimes don't realize it in the moment. But you know, your time in Vega, your time with with exactly it's helpful. Well, it was
1: very it was very interesting actually. So, like right out of university business school, I know I went into capital markets and was doing corporate communications IR for public mining companies. Then I went to Vega and went into my passion, which was nutrition and health food. And so then I found like throughout the last fifteen twenty years, my career kept interchanging between capital markets and food companies. And now I'm at a point where I developed my own food company that's public. And so it was the peerage of my two lives. So yeah, it was it was great. Lots of people in my my path network that have come come back into my life that have helped in this stage, which has been awesome.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. And for anyone who is maybe a step or two behind you, maybe they're just getting ready to launch, maybe they have an idea in their head that they're like, man, I've been thinking about this as well, but do I mm. actually do it? Or people that are just in a stage of growth. What advice do you have for other food founders out there from the learning that you've had so far?
1: Yeah, I think at this stage, like in, in the day, day and age we're in right now, it's just really doing your homework to understand, is this idea able to make money? I think a lot of people want to do because so, it's their passion and they love it. And that's great. You need to have an element of passion and love for a product, but it has to make sense financially too. And I think a lot of people don't really necessarily understand the numbers or how to build out numbers or how to build a product and have the right pricing. There's so many elements that I think people need to look for help or assistance on, mentors from other people, because pricing out a product, finding manufacturing, developing a brand on the marketing side that resonates with their audience, it's not easy. So I think a lot of people try and do everything on their own but don't be afraid to ask for help from experts because it can save you a lot of time and mistakes that we've all learned. I've had great resources. Charles was a mentor of mine. I'd talk to them and say, okay, tell me about this situation would help me get through this idea because they've lived it and done it before and, and made those mistakes. So I think it's just like finding the right group of people that can really help you, but then also really understanding and, and asking yourself, well, is this a, a product or an idea that really financially makes sense? Mm, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. no, that's really great advice. Absolutely. Especially mm-hmm. as you mentioned yeah. before, market has definitely shifted right now. If you are looking totally for outside capital, anything like that, it's yeah. just different right now.
1: Yeah, especially like the early stage, like the first round, it's almost like a friends and family round, right? Where it's, it's that first seed friends and family round. You have to go out and ask people on your own network for like, I, I actually, my first 50 grand came from came from my inside network. Um, I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. Yeah, just really understanding it. Can I acquire as much money that I really need to get going because it's it's tough it really is it does take a lot more than you actually think it does yeah right
0: No, that's very sage yeah. advice yeah and for you at your early stages as you're creating this mm-hmm. well, did you have to re-pivot reformat some things as you yourself had this great idea and then also once you started to dig in the numbers maybe some something yeah. to shift here and there what did that look like right
1: Yeah, the first two items that we launched, so it was the greens and berries and greens and tropicals. So it was just fruit and some greens. And then I saw this whole shift in the market where things got functional. So customers didn't want just like a frozen fruit smoothie with just fruit, right? They wanted the vitamins. They wanted the probiotics. They wanted all the functional ingredients. Changing my names to powerberry with energizing B vitamins. Green detox with seven greens and chia seeds for fiber for detox daily defense, which is like our immune system support, probiotics and ginger and turmeric. So I had to shift the whole business model to make it functional. So changing the branding, changing the names, making sure we had all the, everything trademarked, and then really truly doing a redesign. For many years, we had a package design that just didn't grab people's attention. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a true brand. It was a product. It wasn't a brand. I think that's the very big difference there. So now we have a true brand that people are like loving. It's bright. It pops on the shelves. You can walk by the store and see it. And it's it's noticeable that it's Blender Bites. And then launching our One Step Frap, that was a completely different product line that we went into. Taking the same concept of the easy to use puck, but moving away from smoothie and a different type of blended frozen drink, which is a Frappuccino alternative. That's uh, obviously a lot healthier. Yeah,
0: I love that too, because it's, there's lots of different ways that people can make smoothies at home, a lot of people probably aren't making wraps at home. And
1: so this yeah, really gives absolutely. them
0: just a whole new occasion too, that they can enjoy totally. from the comfort of their home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if people don't want 500 grams of, or 500 calories and 50 grams of sugar, and it's just hard to find a healthy alternative. So ours are dairy free. We're using milled ground out chia seeds instead of the gums to make it nice and thick and creamy. So all you have to do is add milk alternative of your choice or milk and then blend it and it's good to go we've got the lion's mane mushroom collagen and probiotics for the three different varieties so really functional there
0: yeah yeah absolutely okay you know. i'm sure lots of people listening are like where can i go get my hands on these if um do yeah. you yeah. want to go and get their hands on blender bites or one of the one-step traps, where can they find you
1: yeah we're in most major retailers so we just launched walmart canada alongside walmart us so we're at walmart sobeys loblaws real canadian superstore whole foods choices, markets, Zares in Ontario, Metro. There's a store finder on our website. So you can just type in your postal code or your zip code and, and you'll find stores in your area. But yeah, pretty much most major retailers. And then in the U.S. it's going to be Walmart, Safeway Albertsons and all their banners, Vons and different things as well. So, yeah.
0: Perfect. All right. Go down your freezer aisle. You're definitely going to find blender yes. wonderbites in there. the freezer aisle.
1: There. For section. Yeah, exactly.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Chelsea, thank yeah. you so much for sharing the story and for creating this. It's true. It's like, how has no one created this before? Oh my gosh. Don't I know. Bringing this to the market, it's saving people. A yeah. Time. My pleasure.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Glad that help. Yeah. Thank cool. you so much
0: for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.